Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. I I gotta tell you, man. I gotta tell you. The Lakers on the brink of being swept just brings so much joy to my heart. It really does. And you know what? With that, that's how we starting the podcast. That's how we starting the podcast. What up, y'all? Is Golden Spaces. It's an Odyssey original podcast. <laughs> yes, we are. And we are feeling good. The vibes are good over here. You know why? Because the Lakers are about to go down. <laughs> They're about to go down. <laughs> yeah, they getting smacked. They are getting smacked. We're not going to start with the bozos, though. We're not going to start with the fakers because... Fakers. Yes, the nice little cute team. You know what I'm saying? They is all up and they... Eh. Oh, nice little cute team. Yes, because y'all exactly what I thought you were. It's actually embarrassing that the Warriors are not the ones who expose you. It's actually embarrassing that the Warriors allowed this team... And for the world to think that they are better than they are. And it's Mm. embarrassing all of you who think that this team is so much better than the existing Warriors. I ain't saying that we had the greatest team in the world this year, but there was not a huge gap. The the Lakers were not some superior team, okay? So get this idea out of your head. Talking about, oh, we went to play Denver. We's going to get smacked. The Suns ain't smacked Denver. Denver. There you go. Denver didn't smack the Suns. I said Denver. Even the Wolves took one off of Denver. And a a couple of them games was close. Okay? So, please. Denver's a very good team. So, I'm not trying to shit on them. That's not what I'm saying. But the Warriors wasn't getting smacked. Steph ain't ever lost a series in less than six games. Never forget that. Yeah. All right? That's facts. So, we just got some news from Shams. What? Um, D'Lo and Vanderbilt moved to the bench. Schroeder <laughs> and Rui moved to the starting lineup. So it's some desperation going. Shocking. That should have right. happened before game two, game four, my guy. Too late. Which also means if the Lakers don't get off to a good start, they are for sure losing this game because they don't have any other punch from than, other than this punch. So be on the lookout for that first quarter score. 
<laughs> oh man. Anyway, guys, we are definitely here to talk dubs. We're gonna get back to the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals where two teams are just <coughs> just being smacked. Smacked into oblivion. <laughs> They're not even worthy of being in the conference finals, to be honest. They're not. Who the Lakers or the Celtics? Both. Yeah, this has been a, such a weird year. So many teams just aren't really that good, which is both a good thing and a you know just a a weird thing. I can't find out a better word to to describe it, but it just feels like there's really no championship level teams out there or that we've seen in the past, like the the same type of teams that fit the bill that we've seen in the past. So. Right. And when you say that, it sounds like you're sliding the nuggets in the heat. But the reality is like, come on. The heat aren't that good. They're not. You know, and I don't know if it's just like, you know, some teams have like just hot points in the season. You know, and yes, they did add Kevin Love to their roster but like Mm -hmm. you know because some of them are trying to say this is the regression to the mean so the bad shooting all season and and all of that wasn't real and i'm like come on come on you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and maybe the answer lies somewhere in the middle you know but like you know it's like they're shooting like off the charts right now you know so and like the Celtics, I mean, yeah, like I said, we're gonna get into these series because it's very um Lord, it's very um shocking. All right, y'all, my bad. You may have heard like some little noises and stuff going on. I'm sorry, you know, life happens, but we back, we back, we back. So were we were we still um talking shit about the Lakers? I, I just don't remember where we were. I just or we oh, move yeah. on. Are we still doing it? Oh, no. Hey, yo, to the people trying to, like, tell us we can't talk shit about the Kobe Lost son, bro, fuck out of here. It's chip or bust. Is it? It's chip or bust. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's chip or bust. Word up. So anyway, we good. We good over here. People like y'all more excited about our demise or us losing. I said, no, we not. Like obviously we want to win, but we ain't winning. That's done. It's over with. But y'all ain't right. winning either. Right. <laughs> we didn't move on. We... Right. <laughs> All right, but no, yeah, I I remember we were talking about the heat and 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 nuggets, and it's just like th- there's no way to talk about them without it feeling like you're you're shitting on them. So this is why I sort of mm-hmm. just like stayed away from the conversation. But I mean, look, if they come back next year, both teams and like the Nuggets are a better team than the Heat in terms of like right. talent and everything. So like. 
if the Nuggets come back and have another good year, I don't think that would shock anybody. But if the Heat keep playing like this, they should be like a top seed in the East, you know? And I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's sustainable. And then there's just also the idea of like, and I, I, I'm not even going to sit up here right now and try to like speak on like their contract situations and stuff like that, because I don't know, but some of those guys you're going to have to pay, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, we'll just see what happens with the heat. But all that said, what they are doing right now is nothing short of remarkable. What Jimmy Butler is doing right now is nothing short of, of remarkable. And I will say as someone who has not been a Jimmy believer, Right. Like, first of all, I think I was right not to believe before. Like, I don't think there's any dispute that like my main thing about Jimmy, like part of me found him a little unlikable. I don't feel like that anymore. So that was part of it. But the other part was just that, like, he wasn't consistent enough. Right. Because, I mean, the debates used to be like between him and like Paul George and what's they're both were like inconsistent, you know, but some people didn't like Paul George because they thought he was corny or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So people had their things for each of them, but neither, neither one of them were consistent enough on a night to night basis that you were like, they're not really number ones, they're number twos. Right. And I think, I think what Jimmy Butler has demonstrated this postseason is that he can be your best player. You know, um, that's what he did for me. Now, obviously doing this over, you know, 16 games versus a whole season is a different thing. But, you know, he's for sure a 16 game player. And it's and it's not just like, okay, because in game three, he didn't shoot well. You know, or he wasn't, I I wouldn't say he didn't, I don't mean like he didn't shoot well, but I mean, he wasn't like scoring a lot, but Mm -hmm. he's become like a playmaker. He's setting up his teammates, you know, I just feel like he's really refined his all around game to like really give more than what he always has. And so some people might be like, well, you didn't know, like you clearly didn't know because Jimmy could always do that. But I don't think there's any question to me. I don't think anyone could say that he has not elevated his game. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, uh, he's been one of those dudes that he can turn it on. Like, but he's also the type of player that when he's at his best, he plays a play style that's kind of unsustainable for an 82 game season. So he plays like a, like a simmered down version of that for the heat in the regular season. And I think, you know, this year they had some roster, issues that seemingly have correct themselves via ridiculous internal improvement like yeah <laughs> from, from the regular season from even the play-in to the playoffs right because they lost their first play-in game but um jimmy just yeah like i said like he's one of those dudes in the playoffs he's like all right i can go full head of steam and play my full full game and essentially have an impact on every single possession of every single game um and you know show his his ceiling and that's what we have seen i mean i guess three out of the last four playoffs he's done it all the way up into the finals or up into the conference finals and did it at a super duper high level so just gotta yeah tip your hat off to him he's definitely just added that his that mid-range to his game has been you know super money in the playoffs his three-point percentage goes up every year in the playoffs so it's rare but you see guys like him guys like Kawhi. 
Um, they're when they get to the playoffs, they just rise their they, their game just raises to another level, and it's really hard to do that. Um, so you got to definitely yeah. take your head off. And for both, it came on a little later in their careers. I mean, with Kawhi, I think that was more a function of the system he was in. Um, but you know, because Jimmy, it's just like when he was like the number one option in Chicago. They weren't good. Right. They weren't going anywhere then with him as the number one option is what I'm saying. Like he had to really turn into that. And he hasn't been that his whole career. Whereas like some guys could always be the number one and they were that. And it's just like, you know, which is why I say for like someone like a Tatum, who I think the jury is out on him still, whether he truly is a number one or if he should be a number two, I'm, I tend to lean number two, but it may be like later in his career, he pulls like a Jimmy and it becomes, you know, like it just may take him longer. I don't know. Yeah. I think I lean that he's a one is just, he's just young. You know, he's been in the league for a long time. He has a ton of, a ton of experience for somebody his age, but he still is only 24. Whereas like Jimmy's what 31 or something like that. Like that's a long time before he gets to Jimmy's age. He could have, so many more deep runs that just allows him to refine his game mentally to, to get to Jimmy's 33, by the way, um, you know, to get to, right. He got a 10 year, almost a 10 year gap on him. So yeah, he got a long way to go. Like it didn't take some of the all time greats didn't get their first ring or all that type of stuff until they were 27, 28 years old. So I think think Tatum's a one for sure. He just got some stuff he got to refine. Okay. Well, we'll find out. So um, he may ultimately be a one. He's not playing at a one level yet. Is that Mm -hmm. fair to say? Yeah. I just don't think he's mentally there yet. Now, that's something that is tough to develop into that. But we've seen guys do it before. And I just, yeah, he got some growing to do maturity wise and just kill. But I think he's in his game, too, because it's like. Yeah. Some of the choices on the court, your shot selection. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. been a running theme with Tatum, his shot selection. But it's just like, you know, then that whole Lakers team as a whole, and Lakers, Celtics team as a whole, like, I, I just don't know why that team is relying on threes. I mean, I know why, because you've explained it to me. And it's very logical and reasonable in your Justin, you know, sense and all of that. But it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, this is not a team that should be like so reliant on threes. Like nothing about the skill skill sets. Like, you know, I don't even think the Warriors should be relying on threes as much as they do. And they have two of the best shooters to ever like play the game, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just like, I, all these teams who have these reliable mid ranges, you're seeing how valuable they are come the postseason you know so mm-hmm. yeah i mean like over the course of the regular season we saw the celtics were the second best three-point shooting team in the league the warriors were the first and when you get to the playoffs when you got to play defense and teams are running you off the line you got to have a counter to it and both of those teams well neither of those teams have had like an effective counter to not being able to hit threes at the high clip that they did in the regular season. So it just shows the importance of guys that can get to the rim against elite defenses and guys that can hit 
mid range shots that teams are going to ultimately concede to you. So, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, the there's some truth to like the old school thinking of like you can't live and die by the three always. You got to have some type of balanced attack, and neither of those teams got it this season in particular. And the Warriors used to. It's just like I don't know how they've gone away from it, but they just leaned into the math way too much for my liking. Yeah. They, I mean, this year they were just too small, I felt like. Right. Where in years past, even though Steph and Clay were taking majority of the shots, they always had guys like Harrison and Andre who were six seven, six eight dudes that can that were athletic, that can finish at the rim. Draymond was a much better finisher at the rim in his heyday. Um, Andrew Bogut, seven footer who can catch lobs, JaVel McGee, you know, so even last year, auto quarter range. Yeah. Then you got mid range guys, Livingston, KD, mid range killers. Right. Exactly. I mean, Steph and clay clay was much better at the mid range. Um, when he was, you know, before the injuries and stuff like that, when he had the burst to be able to get there and, you know, teams would put small guards on clay. So he would just post them up where he just, teams are putting bigger guys on clay now but um like even last year they had auto porter mid-range guy he's also a front court player that can stretch the floor so you allows jp to get to the rim gary payton cutting to the rim wiggins dunking and all type of stuff so they got to get back to having multiple guys that are big but also can score so it opens the floor up for their guards and opens the floor up for just everybody else on the court yeah and the celtics just don't don't got guys that can dribble. That's their main. That's their main thing. None, nobody on their team can dribble for real. They need to get a real. They need to get a real. Uh, you know, point guard or guard, someone who could dribble. Yeah. Which, which, hmm. I think the Warriors may have someone like that on their <laughs> team. Justin. Hey, they might. They might. Uh, you might dribble a little too much, but you know. <laughs> hey. Nah, nah, like for real. Y'all know I love Jordan, but I mean, like honestly, the potential um Warriors man, Dub Nation, Dub Twitter, they've been on the trade machine. Like, I'm seeing all Ooh. kinds of crazy, silly, stupid trades. Mm-hmm on my timeline but yeah i mean since the season ended people have been at work and the celtics have definitely been a team especially now with them going down 3-0 after last night they lost last night and people were like oh where can we go to send jalen brown it wasn't just us like grizzlies twitter everybody was trying to figure out where jalen brown could go so it was just a very (laughs) uh funny thing that everyone has decided the celtics are trading jalen brown um so we'll see but i mean yeah sorry y'all we kind of started we're a little bit all over the place but let's let's (laughs) let's 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 regroup a little bit for all nba NBA warriors you are now tuned into golden spaces with matt and justin so our season ended and justin and i recorded right after the season ended right after that game six and um and then we were like we're taking a break i don't know when we're gonna be back and after about a week and a couple of days 
we here. And so, uh, but some things went down, you know, in that time. There were like some reports that came out, right? So all these uh, reports started dropping about pools and the relationship with the team and more acknowledgement about how much Draymond Green and the punch and that situation impacted things, right? Kerr said stuff. Draymond said stuff. By the way he said stuff, Poole said stuff. You know, Poole didn't say much, but it's the way, the ways in which he didn't say much and how he said it that let us know that shit wasn't mm-hmm. sweet. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so um, he did a sit down with a Logan Murdoch for The Ringer. Um, that story was circulating around for days. I think also he did a sit down with ESPN, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Draymond be, you know, what, who did Draymond talk to? Stephen A. Smith? Was that who he went and talked to? I think it was I'm Stephen not. A. He said stuff on his pod too, but I'm pretty sure it was like Stephen A. when he first said the, when he said the like, oh yeah, it definitely impacted the season or whatever. And then Steve Kerr, you know, in his exit interviews. So, you know, they didn't say anything that we ain't ready now, right? Mm-hmm. There were there were many who wanted to believe that that um, the punch was long over and everybody had moved on, and I never believed that shit for one minute, never. And you know, I, like some people don't like that I say this, but. I really do believe Draymond cost them another chip, you know? I think he cost them in 2016. And yes, there were other factors at play, but I just think regularly getting yourself suspended, whether it's for a game, and that's what it always is. I mean, he's now had multiple suspensions in the postseason. They have an all cost, but it's very costly when your best player is compromised Mm -hmm. for your second best player to then go ahead and the anchor of your defense, even if you think Clay is the second best player at that time, very costly, very mm-hmm. costly for them, you know? And people often talk about what Dre came back in 2016 and did in game seven, but all often overlook what he didn't do in game six, which was show up and help Steph, you know, because Steph was the only one who came to play that night, you know, before he got kicked out for foul trouble, or toss, right? Because he fouled out. He was, they were starting to mount a comeback. Yeah. You know, that kind of goes forgotten. And I just think after he, I just don't think Steph had anything left to give <laughs> after game six. He was done. Yeah. Gassed. Gassed and Gassed, his body, he's compromised. And so it's just like, you, you can't compromise your team more. When your star mm-hmm. is hurt, you know, and then just later other times the, you know, so it's just like, you know, it's like, yeah, he's helped them win, but he's also cost them. And that's, that's just the truth, you know? And so, um, Draymond Green, in my opinion, this is definitely the second title for me, in my opinion, that he cost them. They go away. 
there, wherever they are. What country were they in? Were they in China? Where were they? Japan. Japan. They it's vibes. It's immaculate <laughs> vibes, son. It was it's immaculate, immaculate vibes. Immaculate vibes. Wiseman was hooping at that point. <laughs> PBJ was getting his um appearances <laughs> and looking like Otto Porter. It was immaculate vibes in Japan. And then from there, it just kind of went downhill. Now, I will say. JP, they were like messing with animals and shit. I mean. Yeah, the hedgehogs. That was funny. Like. (laughs) I do think that ruined, obviously, the punch ruined the vibes for the rest of the season. Um, I do think they still had some issues basketball-wise that could have still been you know, the reason why they ended up not repeating, but it didn't help at all that the vibes were fucked up. You know, they, if your vibes are good, you can overcome some of the, some of the basketball things. Like we see Miami, their vibes are carrying them jump shots into the, into the rim right now. <laughs> that's, that's the only way I can explain. The, that's why they are the perfect example. And I don't want to ever hear people tell me shit again about, cause that's what the Warriors could have been. If they liked mm-hmm. each other this season. Right. And if, and if people did not have individual selfish motives, mm-hmm. and it's not just Draymond, oh, it's, it's all of, it was all of the food roster this season. It was all yes, <laughs> like they could have been fine. They really could have, mm-hmm. and so it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and we hope they learn from from it, and uh, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I tweeted today. I tweeted today. That's that has to be first and foremost established, you know, in the foundation for next season. Check the egos at the door. Like Clay, like it's all fine and dandy that you want to be a certain level of individual player. And you know, as people, we all have our individual aspirations for ourselves, but at the same time, it has to be team first if you want to win a championship. If you don't care about winning no more championships then by all means do you, bro. But if you want to win a championship, your ego got to be checked at the door, Clay. Draymond, you have to. keep saying. You keep telling us you want to win championships, but y'all right. doing stuff that's counter to that. Right. Um, you know, Draymond, the whole, all this stuff outside of the of the team, like, like I said, that's cool, but the team and winning a championship has to be at the forefront and you can't be all buddy-buddy with people that you in a series with and you know you go right to wanting them to win the next series after they just beat y'all it just feels like his your heart or his heart this season wasn't not necessarily this season but in the moment of playing the lakers in the playoffs in that moment it didn't seem like he was like i want to rip their heads off right now it was just like i'm just playing basketball you know this is one of my other this is one of my jobs that's what it felt like and it's like nah it gotta be you know we got to win this fifth championship or I will never, you know, I'll always regret it. It got to be that type of focus um, with him and all the young guys. It's, it's unfortunate that you want to have a certain role compared to your peers and, you know, all this type of stuff starting and playing big minutes, all type of stuff. But if you're on this team and you want to win championships, then you have to essentially fall in line. And it's, 
Like but I they said, may not want people. to win championships. They want to that's play. That's my thing. And, right. and that's also okay. Like, they're young right. players. So that's okay. That may not be their goal right now. And by the way, it's not everybody's goal in the NBA. That's fine. You know, and I, I think that people need to, like, come to terms with that, you know? So it's like, I, like, of all the people, I fault the young players the least. Like, one, they're young, so they're just more immature. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's what they're supposed to want. They're supposed to want to get on the court and to play. They've been waiting their whole lives for this. They've been waiting their whole lives for this. Exactly. And, I mean, that's, you know, talking to the people who are, you know, on Twitter saying, like, oh, they're not winning players. They're selfish and all this type of stuff. It's like, bro, they're 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. Like, they're basketball career they have their full basketball careers ahead of them right so right now they're trying to establish themselves as you know good players in the league they, and they by the should way, want to a full basketball career is what 15 years if you're lucky if you are extremely lucky and if you're a hall and of famer yeah and really good exactly yeah so you can't you can't just label them these negative things just because they want to play they should want to play <laughs> they should want to be start like, oh, they have play. all this time. They actually don't have all this time. Right. They don't. Right. They might get 12, 13 years. Yeah. And you, you realistically just can't expect players in their position to have the same mindset as Damian Lee, Juan Descano Anderson, be at least the guys who are barely still in the league trying to hold on, trying to fight for, you know, the only way they can stick in the league is if they contribute championship level whatever it is they bring to the table to each team. That's the only way those guys are sticking to the league. So of course they're going to do all the championship level things. You can't expect lottery picks and high draft picks and guys with all this upside to just fall in line like that. That's why I agree. I fault them the least in the, in the whole thing. It starts at the top. You are putting but these young guys imagine being on the bench and not being able to play for Anthony fucking lamb. Y'all I'd be entitled right. too. <laughs> for, for Anthony lamb. And, Come on, son. Know, and and guys, you know, guys, even the veterans who are out there weren't performing or just out there playing selfishly themselves. You see that as a young player, you like, how you get mad at me? Because I'm looking for myself, looking out for myself. And you got guys that's been here doing the same thing. So you 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 can't expect anything other than for it to go down the way it went down this season. And it starts at the top. You have to establish what what direction are we going in? And if you're going in a certain direction, you can't have all these different agendas going on at the same time. You literally have to pick a side. You know, we were, I mean, we were saying this last year too. They ended up winning a championship because I do think they, you know, Wiseman got hurt for one. So he was completely taken out of the equation. And it was left with Moody and Kaminga. It's only two guys compared to, well, JP was firmly in the rotation, but he was a young guy. Um, three young guys compared to 11 veterans and then Wiseman's off to the side because he wasn't playing. So you had no choice but to lean into the veterans. But now you come back the next season with five young guys. Well, if you include JP, what is that, six? Mm-hmm. Six young guys and an open spot compared to eight veterans. And if you if you count Dante as a veteran, he could be a, counted as a young guy too. What is he, like in his fourth, fifth year, sixth year? Right. It was it was never it was never 
going to go as smoothly as they thought it was going to be. Um, hopefully they realize that now and they just, you know, you don't have to completely ditch all of the young guys, but you got to establish some type of direction um, with the, with the vets, in my opinion. For sure. So, you know, like, you know, Jordan said in that interview that he's like, well, why wouldn't I be here? Or why, why would I win with something like that? But like basically saying like, he wants to still be here. And my response sort of to that is like, yeah, but you want to be here under what circumstances, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you want to be here no matter what it takes. You want to be here as long as you get to start. You want to be here as long as Draymond isn't here. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Because there were things to me that dropped in that article that, in my opinion, didn't put the Warriors in the most favorable light. It sort of seemed like Jordan was forced into some things. Not like they said to him, like, hey, you have to do this or else. But just sort of the pressure of feeling like, you know, you got to work it out with him. You got to, because like it, it, you know, it rests on you. If you don't want something and they're not going to do it and then everyone's going to be looking mm-hmm. at you. So, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think that that situation is tenable. And I don't think that it's fixable, to be honest. Like fixable in the sense that it will be, they can get to a point where it won't matter for purposes of them competing. I just, I'm not sold mm. on it. And I never was sold on it. I was never, you know, you don't, he was assaulted. I know people don't want like to use certain words because it's teammates and it's, you know, but he was assaulted. He was assaulted by his teammate. And then it was put on display for the whole world to see. I don't I know how you, that... come, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, I think that portion of it makes it like almost unfixable, right? Or pretty much unfixable. If it if it didn't get out to the public and everybody saw it and the embarrassment that comes with that and the shame that comes with that and then the whole press release, press run from Draymond about, you know, whatever the fuck he put out on Turner, um, that and then obviously he's going to hear it from people in the stands i'm pretty sure when they were playing was it the lakers or the, the kings they were chanting draymond punched you like all stuff like that is going on and then um, that's just what they saying publicly that's just what they saying all right out loud you know what on the court with the shit we can't hear right and then on top of that just you know for the last two to three years really every year of his career his role his minutes have all been yo-yoed up and down, up and down, up and down. Steph ain't playing. Okay, you starting. Steph back. Are you playing fifteen minutes? Clay not playing. Okay, you starting. Clay's back. You playing fifteen minutes. Oh, we need you to play off the ball. We need you to fill in for Clay. We need you to play on the ball. We need you to play pick and roll. We need you to like all this different stuff. He's being pulled in all these different directions instead of having a clear, concise role. Um, and part of that and he's is like, what's he's so my talented. thanks for that? What's my thanks for that? I get scapegoated and blamed for everything. For sure. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, like it's just it's very unfair um, to him. And you know the whole Draymond thing. I think if he was in a role that was consistent and he knew what was going to be asked from him every single night, 
I do think his play would be better for one. And I do think it would be easier for him to coexist with Draymond on that professional level um, because there will be one less thing that he got to worry about. Right. So now in, in, in this case, Clay's not coming out that starting spot. We heard it from Kerr. Right. So his, his role is going to be yo-yoed yet again, if he's back. Um, And then he just playing with under like non-ideal circumstances, right? None of his bigs can score. Um, Wiggins missed, and that's the other part, which is why I don't think he's gonna be okay with not starting. And like, people just like he needs to figure it out, he needs to, but Clay and the others didn't have to figure that out, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you're gonna keep him on the bench and as a six man, you have to put the right players around him for him to succeed, too, right? You can't just say you have to make it work with people who don't complement your skill set. Thank you. I mean, that's what we were saying. We're here, right? We don't got no bigs that can score. Jamaica was a miss, right? If he's not shooting a wide open shot that he can load up his jumper for five seconds before he let it go, he is not hitting the shot. He don't make extra passes, all this, all this extra stuff. Um, you need smart veteran players that know how to play with a guy like Jordan that can actually score and hit the shots that he creates which opens up the floor for him um and obviously he's not completely free of blame right his jump shot completely regressed and his effort on defense wanes but it they did not do what they could have done to make his job easier last year 2022 they did that they had a guy like Otto porter and bielita both guys who can hit the three rebound space the floor make the extra pass attack closeouts do all these things that opens up the floor for jordan Gary Payton as well. He was healthy. You know, he wasn't really healthy this season. You can tell. All those things allowed Jordan to be the best version of himself. And in this year, it was like the opposite. Everything was in place for him to be the opposite of that. So they yeah. got to get back to, if if, they, if he's going to be here, they have to make it a priority to open up some space for him in particular, you know. And if you open up, open up space for him, then Steph is obviously going to be able to take advantage of that extra space as well. So... That's, I mean, it's got to be a priority. It's got to be a priority. Yeah. So, I mean, all that said, I think Jordan Poole is going to get traded. (laughs) Um, And mostly because, not because I don't, so there's a few things, right? Like, I think Jordan Poole still has so much potential to grow and be something special in this league. And I'm going to hate when that does eventually happen. And he probably is not on the Warriors. Um, because, like, look look at what we could have had, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like I said, I don't believe the situation is, is tenable. Salvageable. Salvageable, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think it is. And because of the new CBA rules, even without the new CBA rules, it was going to be hard for the Warriors. So their only path to improving is through trade. Mm-hmm. Clay is not tradable. Well, their their only path because of the other dynamics at play with the Draymond and Poole thing. Technically, internal development could be another path for improvement. But it just don't seem like that dynamic is very possible with yeah. the yeah, what's going right. 
So, yeah. So, and, and yeah, no. And uh, I think everybody's sort of overdevelopment, as in like the vets and stuff. So, I don't, I don't think you can sell them. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. you can sell them on that, you know? So, Jordan, and, and so Clay, like, and no one's taking that con that contract anyway. So you can't look to Clay because teams aren't trying to get older. They're trying to get younger. They're trying to get more athletic. They're trying to, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, and and Dre after Seth is somewhat um, indispensable, right? I say mm-hmm. somewhat because I never. Seth is the only one who. You know, the circumstances, yeah. I think the circumstances make Draymond indispensable, right? Steph, Steph is who he is as a player, which makes him indispensable. All right, with, right. Yeah. With Draymond, the money, the money situation is not going to allow you to replace his value. Um, no, but and if what they had cap space, right? If they had cap space, he's much more dispensable. <laughs> yes, and and also like. What Jordan Poole is very important to this team. So, because I feel like it's like when we're saying that like Dre is more important, it's not because they, they're they not both important. It's that it's easier to sort of, it's easier to replace what Jordan mm-hmm. does than what, what Dre does, right? But Jordan is very important. Like we know part of the reason they did not win this postseason is because Jordan and Clay were mm-hmm. not giving you what you expect them to do. It's needed. You need the shot creation. You need the 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 um you need him attacking. Mm-hmm. You need him driving to the rim. You need him doing all that stuff and drawing fouls. We need yeah. all of that. And couldn't even he was basically unplayable. Right. And he was even they, is, and they kept trying to get him going. They did. Right. You need you need maybe to play a little bit too much and too long, but they did. But they right. were doing that because they needed him. And that's what I want people to understand. Because there seems to be this idea like he's not needed. No, he was actually really needed. Oh, for he was sure. Really needed. <laughs> <laughs> and people like, you know, there's there's people that want to push more towards having a legit second option. And I'm cool with that. Right. But a lot of the people that are in that camp are somehow dismissing that you can still win a championship without a legit star as your second option. And I push back on that because we saw them do it last season. All right. Jordan was not great every single game in the postseason last year. Clay probably had more games last year in the postseason where he wasn't that good compared to the ones where he was good. And Wiggins was kind of like neat when he was needed, he stepped up offensively, but for the most part, he kind of took the back seat offensively because of his rebounding and defensive responsibilities. Those three guys took turns being a second option, right? First few games against Denver, Jordan was on fire. He averaged like 30 those first few games. Then he tailed back, Clay stepped it up. And against Memphis, Jordan started that series great. He tailed back. Clay stepped it up. Against Dallas, Jordan was on fire the whole time. 
Wiggins stepped up a few games. And then against the Celtics, Jordan and Clay kind of struggled a little bit because of the um, Celtics' athleticism and size on the perimeter. And Wiggins averaged 18, 19 points that series, and he was their be- second best. Like He was their second option that series. So it's possible to do it, but you can't have two out of those three not playing well. That's when it really looks bad. That's when it looks like, okay, we need a legit second option because both Clay and Jordan were not great in the postseason. And both. I'm willing, yeah, I'm willing to bet that that probably wouldn't happen again. Um, because they were both like they weren't only bad, they were atrocious. Like Clay shot something like 20% from three or something. I don't know, it was something terrible. And Jordan shot even worse than that, it was like nine percent from three or something in legacy. Oh, it was something ridiculous. crazy. I don't think that's going to happen again, or it would happen again. Um, I'm not saying run it back, but I'm just saying. It's definitely possible to replicate the number two option by committee type of type of deal. Um, so, yeah, awesome. I mean, and back to your and back to your point about um, it's easier to to replace what Jordan does. That's why he's a little bit more tradable, but he's also just more tradable because he's younger. Like right. you said, nobody's taking Clay's contract. Especially if he the only the only way I can see them trading Clay is if he's saying give me a max after this season, right. and if he's saying give me a max after the season, who's trading for a Clay Thompson that wants a max after this season? Nobody. Yep. Even if his contract exactly. is expiring this year, nobody's saying they want they want to bring that into their um into their fold. So he's not very tradable. And then you look at Draymond. Draymond's not very tradable. Let's let's just be honest. Um, even if he opts in, nobody wants to absorb Draymond Green for $28 million a year. <laughs> so, so the only thing that's attractive that could potentially be attractive to other teams is 23-year-old guard who has all-star potential that's going to be locked down for the next five years. Like, So it just is what it is. Man, listen. It's sort of annoying that we're in this I like I don't even like talking about it, but it's just sort of like I've accepted what the reality probably is going to be. And it's really, you know, like I keep saying it, but it's really it's sad. It is. Yeah, it is. It's sad. Yeah, we should have we should have been celebrating or getting ready to go back to the finals to win another one. Um, But just don't happen like that all the time. So it definitely is sad that it could potentially you know, end with Jordan being sent off or some of the young guys being sent off or whatever the case may be, whatever happens. Um, but it just, it just happens that way sometimes. It is what it is. Nah, man, that's annoying. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. It's not right. Yeah. It is not right. Draymond got to keep his hands to himself. You know that shit had annoyed me the whole, 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 oh my God, I was so irritated. I was so irritated. You know that. Yeah. I was like, every time, you know, and people, you know, people think I'm being unfair to Draymond. I see some people feeling like you, you guys have turned on a great, you know, like what, like. How does Draymond still continue to earn? Like, I, I, well, I you know what I'm most floored by. You know what I'm most floored by. Okay, yeah. 
fine. You want to give him a pass? Like, to me, I just thought, I don't know. I, I think it's weird that Jordan Poole is homegrown. You know, I get it a little bit with KD because you came to the team. And so I, I got people picking sides. But Jordan is ours. Mm-hmm. He's ours. He's homegrown. Yeah. And that you're still like, fuck Jordan. Because Dre is very weird to me. It's weird. That is weird. <laughs> Especially you know? considering and everyone knows Dre was in the wrong. Exactly. And then... And not just that, but Jordan helped us. He helped us win and helped carry the load this season. Yeah. People were like, if Jordan went down or wasn't around, we may not be in the playoffs. Right. And I don't think people realize that. They're not thinking about it because it's not what his, it's not recent. That's 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 my biggest takeaway from the fan discourse immediately after the season ended. It's Clay sucks, Draymond sucks, Jordan sucks, Kerr sucks. You know what I mean? Like where these guys aren't perfect. You know, Clay and Dre aren't as good as they used to be. Jordan isn't as good as he was last year. Kerr has his very clear flaws, but we're, lo- we're looking at them in their worst moment and then evaluating that them as that and ignoring all the other good stuff that they've done up to this point. Like you said, without Jordan, they don't make the playoffs. They're probably in the play-in or out of it. Without Clay, same thing. Without Dre, same thing. Um, You know, they just had a low moment. It happens to everybody. So, you know, we just can't judge them at their worst and say this is them, in my opinion. Oh, no, and that's I exactly what people that's exactly what people are doing with Jordan. I'm personally leaning towards, you know, exploring the avenues as far as like moving off of Jordan because it makes the most sense for a roster construction standpoint. And for the details I said earlier, he's he is the most movable and attractive piece to other teams. It's not because I'm done with Jordan Poole. It's not because he's not a good player. It's definitely not because I don't think he has potential. He like I say, I think he's an uh, all-star caliber guard in a year or two in the right situation. But like I said, nobody wants Clay, nobody wants Dre. So your only avenue to improve the roster outside of internal development is to trade, like you said. So that's just the reality of it. But really it's not important what you said. At all. I think it's really important what you said because maybe, you know, and we know it's hard to become like an all-star in the West. But even if he's not, he's like a you know, like, I mean, I think actually now going forward, Jamal Murray is probably going to become an all-star after this this postseason. But mm-hmm. it's like, there are guys who are all-star level players, you know, CJ McCollum, who never became an all-star, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, to me, he has like that CJ McCollum kind of, you know, ability to get there. But he's a young player and like growth and development isn't always linear you right and sometimes you just have a really bad time or really bad season or really bad stretch or a down year or whatever and to me i don't know why we can't look at that as like an isolated incident 
you know, give him a chance to come back and see what he does. Instead, it's like one him off the team. He like conned the org. He get, got paid all this money and stopped caring. And that could be anything, right. you know, that's anything but the truth, you know? And so I just, I felt like the discourse around Jordan became really weird. I didn't like all of the IQ discourse. Cause yeah, like the decisions he makes on the court need to improve, no question. But after a while, I'm just not comfortable with how much people want to just like, I just don't like it. You know, it's like undertones. Like, it's just like, I mean, I feel like it's the same, honestly, with like Jokic and Embiid. It's like, oh, Jokic is so superior. I mean, he's so much smarter than him. It's like. Yeah, I try to stay away from the term smarter or dumb player. Yeah. You know I mean? I'd rather use a term like better decision maker. Yeah. You know what I mean? More poise, stuff like that, right? Like, and by the way, I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it too, because I be saying all the time that the Wolves play low IQ basketball, like collectively Mm -hmm. as a team. I say that, and I've sort of said it about the Wolves too, and I've tried to like be more mindful of that. But like, you know, this idea that like, I don't know, I just just got to be really careful with how you're talking about people. Right, for sure. So I, I didn't like that either, especially when it was like the comparisons with Jordan and Dante, and it was just like, oh, Dante, so high IQ, and Pool is like, nah, <laughs> stop that, <laughs> stop right. that, you know. Um, so, because why Cause are you so quick? Why are you so comfortable? Mm-hmm. To wanna, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it is not true. Everything... Don't think he's going from stuff too. That's exactly. That ain't. <laughs> yeah. And all y'all been perfect at every job. Y'all never did questionable things. It didn't take you a little longer to ever get things before. We've all had a job like that at some point in our lives. You lying if you tell me you haven't. Right. So I just, you know. I, you know, it's it's sort of to the point, it's a little different than Wiseman, but it's sort of to the point where it's just like, I just want Jordan to be in peace, man. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. I want him to be in peace and not deal with this. Mm-hmm. And people are quick to say his contract is bad and all of this stuff. He's overpaid. I just, I mean, I push back on that a little bit. because There too. is a player, there's a player in there that is definitely worth that contract. Um. You know, even even in his low moments, like over the last two seasons, you look at his numbers. If you filter it to per 36, which is about starters minutes, right? It's 23, 5, and 4. Um, that's pretty good production, right? Last I mean, this year it was at 25 per 36. When he was a starter, he was averaging 25 a game. How many people in the league are really averaging 25 a game that aren't making 30 million a year? He's perfectly capable of averaging 25 plus a game. That in itself makes him in that in that market for that type of player he's giving you five assists um he can do it all over the court he did it in the playoffs before right now it's take my guess on which one is real and which one is fake quote unquote um but last year in the playoffs he was 65 percent true shooting and this year he was about 45 i like to think he's probably somewhere in the middle probably closer to 65 yeah he's probably mid to high 50s i think um depending on you know the roster around him 
but that's high level guard production, right? That's high level offensive production. He was legitimately one of the reasons that the Warriors won a championship, which means he is a winning player. So it's another box that he checks off. He's giving you production and he can help you win a championship. To me, it's not many players that do those things that aren't making 27, 28, 30 million a year. So we need to stop that all. He's not worth the contract stuff. Is the contract going to hurt the team as far as roster construction and all that type of stuff and the tax bill, all that? Sure, we can add all that type of stuff. And that's why he potentially may have to be moved. But it's not he's it's not a bad contract because of him as a player. That that's gotta stop. But having that contract actually is also helpful because they can move it and try to get something back in return for it. You don't Bingo. sign him to that and you risk losing him. Right. Worst case scenario would have been not giving him that contract and he just walked and got that contract right. from somebody else. Because he he annoyed <laughs> and he don't even like shit right now. So you don't know what type of time he would have been on this year. And then especially because he had a bad season and then if they tried to screw him and then not pay him something good because of the season, mm-hmm. he's like, I know. Right. And then when it comes time to leave and we screwed. Yep. So, you know, I just, I don't even know what else more to say about Jordan, but what has been said is real. And also because he likely, likely could be moved. A lot of teams have come up. There was also reports that there's a lot of interest in the league around Kaminga. No shit. No, no surprise. Kaminga also saying that he wants to stay with the team. But come on. His team was trying to meet with the Warriors brass if they did not already do that. So it's like, <laughs> I'm sure you want to stay with conditions, which I understand. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's just like, you know, we know that people are eyeing Kaminga. And even if they're not saying it as out loud about Jordan, there are people who met teams who know Jordan Poole's good and they would want him. For all NBA, for all NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. And so, you know, the question is who are the teams? And we don't need to break down all of these right now because we will, when the season is like done and it makes more sense and we have like a better outlook, but the Raptors obviously keep coming up. You know, people are like talking about Pascal Siakam, you know, OG, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people want some of those Raptors players. And then now I told you the other night after the Celtics, Done, lost again. It's like everybody's trying to figure out Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. You know, um, you know who else has come up? You've proposed some things with Orlando. Mm-hmm. You like some of the guys over there, right? Yeah, I think um, they should take a look at Wendell Carter Jr. for sure, and if they can somehow get Orlando to throw in Marco Fultz in there, that would be amazing because you get front court players. I mean, I think Wendell Carter, his his ceiling is somewhere in the BAM realm. I don't know if he'll ever get to that, but he can score, he can shoot, he can defend, he's athletic, he's 
bigger than Bam, taller, I think. Um, and then Markel can just provide a lot of that Sean Livingston type production where he's just wiry, tall guard that can hit a mid-range shot, play defense, use his arms and his length and stuff like that. So that would be, I think, a home run for Golden State if they can pull that off. Now, I saw you talking about Lori Markkinen today. Like, what was that about? Lori's a monster. <laughs> well, he's yeah, but player. like... Well, he's on a he's on a contract that is actually lower, significantly lower than Jordan's contract. So um, I think he's making 17 this year, maybe 18, and then 18 the year after that or something like that. But I think if we if they lean into the we need a legit number two option direction, I think he is that. Right? He averaged 26 this season. He can shoot it from deep. He can attack closeouts well. He can post up. He's seven foot. He can handle for for a footer. Um, he's the type of dude that if you put him in a system like Golden State, he can play in all those different positions and he would just murder you if you send two people to Steph. Um, so, I mean, there's been like some, not rumors, but there's been like some proposals about Laurie and Colin Sexton for Jordan and a package of some other young guys and, and some picks. I think that's like a far-fetched trade idea. Like, I don't think Utah would do that, but that would be another home run trade, I think. Um, and Lori can defend at a, at a competent level. If you put him next to a guy like Draymond, I think he'll be actually be a championship level defender. So either one of those two trades would be mind blowing for me. Cause I don't expect them to actually be, <laughs> I don't expect either of those teams to say, yeah, we'll definitely do this. But if it was to happen, I, I would pencil in the Warriors as championship favorites next season. Mm, a lot of names. People have also talked about Zach Levine. Um, saw Paul George coming up today. Um, I don't like the idea of Paul George, and you know he's one of my favorite players, but that's largely just because he can't really stay healthy during the season. I don't think we need to add another, which is why OG also makes me a little nervous, but um, I don't think we need to add um, another player like that to the roster who maybe has to be managed or whatever. And I think the idea is if you're going to have a number two or like go to bring someone in, it needs to be someone else like who can actually carry a little bit more of the load because, mm-hmm. and honestly, it's Dre and Clay the most whose mm-hmm. loads have to be lessened. Like Steph can still go, but you still don't want to kill him, you know? And so it's just like, mm-hmm. but he's he's at the stage where like, he can play more minutes than them and be okay. They, Their minutes yeah. need to come down. So I don't want like a Paul George who has to be managed the way like mm-hmm. Otto was managed and then he might get injured and then, you know. So I'm, I'm actually not on board with Paul George. Other players I'm not on board with who I've heard people talking about. I'm, I don't care how good Cat is. No, he don't have the mentality. I just, I'm sorry. No, no. No cat. Yeah, cat. Cat. He don't got it. I just don't think he mentally is. I don't think he's mentally there at this point in his career. How old is cat? Cat is 27. Dang. If he ain't there now, he might not ever get there. But (laughs) yeah, cat's interesting because basketball wise, yes. All the other intangible wise, it's a big question mark. And I don't I don't think they need question marks at this point. No. No. 
And same thing for damn DeAndre Ayton. That's a hell no. Oh, yeah. Get him out of here. We don't want that. <laughs> Is he better than Looney? Is he better than Looney for real? Let's be for real here. <laughs> I mean, like, he's more talented than Looney. But, like, in a playoff setting, do you really need to upgrade? Like, if you're going to upgrade the Looney spot, it has to be for somebody better than DeAndre Ayton. Let's be for real. <laughs> In my opinion, unless you're getting a player along with it, like Wendell Carter Jr. is a marginal improvement over Looney in a playoff setting because of all the championship things Looney does. Mm -hmm. But if you're getting Markel with him, then it's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Aiden, just Aiden alone is not enough for me. He's soft for one, and for two, they don't, they, the Warriors have never been the type of team. That has been like a one-two punch with a with Steph and a big. It's always been Steph and a wing, whether it be Clay and Wiggins, Clay and KD, Clay and Andre, you know, as far as offense goes. That's always been a formula. It's never been a center scoring 20 points on the Warriors. Like, so no to Aiden. Unless it's a generational offensive talent at the center position or at a big position, like I wouldn't I wouldn't call a cat generational or Lori generational. If it's that type of offensive player, sure. Aiden, no. No. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want Aiden. Get 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 him out of here. And look, to your point about what is the championship formula, both the Nuggets, although they do have a dynamic duo there, but definitely the Heat are showing you, showing us that. You can get it done with strong role players. Exactly. As long as you got guys that can finish plays, you definitely need you definitely need multiple creators, and you need multiple guys that can finish the play that's created. But it doesn't have to be just two guys. We saw with the Suns, they had two of the best in the league at creating their own shot, and it just did not matter because everybody else outside of them sucked. <laughs> so sure. you can there's a bunch of different ways you can do it and finally I'll just say on Bob Myers who we're also waiting on forgot what's going to happen it's like reports that the Warriors are getting prepared to loot to you know not have him return or because not because they don't want him but you know he may walk away from it also been reports about money the Warriors supposedly have offered him the most he'd be paid the Mm -hmm. most but you know he hasn't said yes yet so maybe it's not about money maybe that's not what it is you know we don't know but so Bob Myers may not be there I gotta tell you and I've already said this before Justin I'm okay if they don't have Bob Myers like this shit is Steph it starts and ends with Steph I get the importance of a GM but Mm -hmm. the GM ain't gonna be like no (laughs) if they got Steph they got a chance you know and also it's not like even if you know I mean I'm not so high on Mike Dunleavy Jr. taking over and it sounds like that's who they would want to fill in well replace Bob but sometimes I think new voices are needed you know and I've said that on here before and and so I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be fine. If Bob returns, great. If he doesn't, mm-hmm. salute, wish you well. But 
I think they'll be fine. So all this hoopla and everybody that they've been going crazy over Bob, I'm like, oh my God, people, please give me a break. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely not the end of the world if Bob if Bob dips out. Um, he has his connections and all that type of stuff, and that's cool. But I don't think championships are are won or lost by GMs as much as people want to make it seem. Um, and like I said before, ultimately it's up to Joe. Is Joe going to let people do their job, or is he going to be, you know, nipping, you know, putting his hand hand into the jar? more than he should be and controlling things more than he should be was you know whether bob is there or not if he's controlling too much it really don't matter to me but yeah and if bob ain't all if bob ain't all in if he doing podcasts and worried about off the court stuff then (laughs) like all right bro you 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 clearly not really all thank you for your service right yeah (laughs) yeah i mean facts facts so we don't know what's gonna happen yet but we're gonna be watching and monitoring and you know talking it out with you guys so i think the games are on it right now it's 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 if the first quarter isn't done it's close between just right now the lakers are up three and the first quarter is about to end so they haven't like laid down just yet but so far over this series, the Nuggets have shown the ability to like take all of the Lakers punches. <laughs> and then, you know, so we'll see. But look, I personally felt like the Lakers are not trying to get back on no damn plane to go back to the altitude. Now, I get the people have the pride and not wanting to be swept. But I think like something's going to happen where like, I don't know, I'm not wishing anything bad, but like something's going to happen. And then like, I don't know, LeBron. And then it's going to be like, you know, I don't know. Just like, like if they lose, it's going to be like, well, you know, we were fighting and we could have won, but I don't know. Last time it was punching the wall. Who knows what it'll be this time. So, you know, he come out, (laughs) come out to the post game with a cast on his foot or something or something wrapped around his ankle. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm preparing for anything, but, um, right. he trying right now though. I think he got 21 in the first. Like I said, but see, that's like what I'm I saying. Said. This is the act. This is the, let me right. go out hard. Let me get the stats. And mm-hmm. so then when you lose, you can't say, but he didn't put it all on the line Well, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. not winning the game. That's, and I, I did say before, I like not just now, but I've had that conversation with people too. Like, come on, you already know what he's going to do. Yep. And they only up eight from what I'm looking at on the ESPN tracking. He got 21 in the first quarter. He only up eight points. Uh, <laughs> it ain't looking that good. They, I think they up. Oh, they, they shooting free throws. Denver shoot free throws. So they only up. They only going to be up six after he's on pace for 80 points. So it's not looking good for those people. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. By the time we actually get back here again, because the NBA Finals ain't going to be until June 1st. Um, we'll obviously know the answer, but I think everyone knows that or feels and believes that it's going to be Lakers versus, I mean, Nuggets versus uh, uh, heat so 
we're just waiting. We're just trying to see if these are going to be sweeps or gentlemen sweeps. Um, I have no faith in the Celtics winning anything. Like, they lay down in the last game. They, like, they gave up. So, they're done, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. They And I hate saying that about my Celtics, but, like, they're done. It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Especially after the season they had, man. Right? Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, they're not together. That's all it is. They just, I mean, they had a ton of talent. They got a ton of talent. And then when they, as soon as they hit any adversity, the whole house crumbled. And that's how you know they just did not have it together. So raise your hand if you predicted a Denver Nuggets versus Heat Finals. I thought it was going to be Nuggets. (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I thought it was going to be Nuggets Celtics. So here's where we are, people. So let's see where we are in a week. But until then, we appreciate y'all tuning in with us. Um, yeah, should be fun times this offseason. It's going to be enjoyable watching the NBA Finals without having a bone in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Watching stress-free. So I'm going to take that time and enjoy and appreciate it. Just like we appreciate you all of you for tuning in for supporting us for rocking with us you know without y'all it's like what would we be doing so thank you so much appreciate you don't forget to make sure you are downloading that you are sharing that you are subscribing and following and we're on twitter and instagram at golden spaces pod so you know what to do and leave a review a positive review and leave a rating, a five-star rating. And if you have other constructive constructive feedback for us, shoot us a DM at Golden Spaces Pod, you know, or email us at gswspaces, right? At gmail.com. I have to think for a second about our email. So you have ways to reach us to <laughs> offer more thoughtful feedback than to write negative reviews so don't do that don't do that god don't like ugly okay don't but no seriously all jokes aside we appreciate y'all and who knows maybe we'll get justin singing again if you don't know what i'm talking about i dropped the clip i tweeted it justin singing it wasn't included in any pod so make sure you check it out you want to give them another taste (laughs) justin you want to give them another if the leg is getting swept yeah Okay. Yeah, he was singing Around the Way Girl, y'all. A lot of y'all don't know that song. But some of y'all do. I do. So it was quite hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Ladies with Swept, I sing again. Word? I. 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 Okay. Well, guys, we'll be back. We'll let y'all know when. But like I said, until then, Take care. We appreciate y'all. Let's go Nuggets and Heat. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>